Hello, fan fans. This is producer Andrew here. We are going to be getting to our regular episode in just a minute. But before we do, I want to let you know about a special event we're going to be doing here at the From Superheroes Network that the Phantom Show is going to be taking part of. On November 5th, we are going to be doing a 24-hour live stream to Twitch that is a big charity event called Extra Life Game Day. All of the proceeds are going to be going to Sick Kids Hospital. One of the things we're going to be doing during that 24-hour event is we're going to be doing live stream recordings of the podcast so the fandom show will be recording an episode it'll be streamed live to twitch you'll be able to ask questions at the end interact we're going to be doing things a little bit different and we're going to have lots of other events lined up gaming watch alongs lots of other stuff and it all goes to charity it's going in support of the children's miracle network we have selected sick kids hospital uh, as our our charity of choice you can find more information and details at extralife.fromsuperheroes.com that is e x t r a l i f e .fromsuperheroes Dot com. There you will be able to follow our Twitch page so that you get notified when we go live. You'll be able to see all the prizes and incentives. We'll be updating that page with our schedule as it gets closer to the November 5th streaming date. So head to that page and also donate now if you can, if you have it in the budget, because if you do, any cool prizes or incentives we add later, you'll be retroactively added and applied to that as well. So you don't need to wait until you see a particularly cool prize draw or incentive Donate what you can today. You will be added into any prize draws or incentives up until the date of the live stream on November 5th, where we will be doing a live stream recording of the fandom show, extralife.fromsuperheroes.com. Now, let's get into the regular episode. Welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I'm Stephanie Malik. And I am Kaya Green. And today we are talking about how I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. It's Dawson's Creek. It's Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek. Oh. It's the show so that made teen shows what they are today, Truly. in my humble opinion. And I'm saying that as a Buffy fan. So Ooh. come on, that's that's a lot. Um, big money moves. Big money moves. I know. Steph, what do you know about Dawson's Creek? Oh my gosh, what don't I know? Uh, I mean, I'm, there's a lot I don't know about Dawson's Creek, but I have watched <laughs> the whole series multiple times. I have so many big feelings about Every single character on this show. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into the descriptions because we'll talk to our guest about that. But Did you watch it when it was on the air? I did not, actually. I somehow missed it. It was there exactly my age at exactly the time that I was in that, like, in high school. So it's very strange that I missed it. You're just know. like, oh, nah, too cool. No, nah, man, I'm so cool and indie. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. I was too much into Sailor Moon at the time, so uh, I, I happened to miss it. But uh, what do you know about Dawson's Creek? Okay, well, let's see. Um, I had not seen Dawson's Creek at all until, like, a year, two years ago. Um, I had read a book called Million Dollar Kiss, which uh, I read because it's a, like, classic TV geek uh, book because it's very much about the industry in the 90s and uh, what TV looked like and how they made it. And it's written by uh, Jeffrey Stepikoff, who is uh, one of the writers on Dawson's Creek. He came in in the third season and he was there for the creation of the infamous love triangle. Um, so I knew a strange amount about Do Dawson's Creek before I had seen the show <laughs> um, because that is the type of person I am. And, um, and yeah, so... Uh, 
having not seen it last year or two years ago, was it two years ago, Steph? Yeah, pandemic, who yeah, knows? Yeah, something like that. I uh, had just recently gotten top surgery and we needed a show to just, you know, watch all the way through. And you were like, well, I want to put on Dawson's Creek. And I'm like, mm, that sounds 90s enough to be comforting. And it was and it was great and it was such an enjoyable watch particularly because there were things I knew about it so when we got through certain parts that we'll talk today I was like that's what that was a reference for yep uh it is an iconic show and I'm very very excited to talk about it with our guest today JP LaRock JP is a television writer producer and journalist alongside recent works on CBC sort of JP has written on shows like Coroner Digstown Jan Sky Med and Another Life and and they are a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community and the BIPOC community, and they're committed to diversity and inclusion in all their work. JP, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Ah. I'm so excited too. <laughs> okay, so just a warning for all those who are listening. This episode is going to be spoiler heavy. Uh, this is an old show. So. We can't help you if you have, like. If you're coming into this and you're like, how dare you tell me a character dies? I don't know what to tell like, you. Spoiler alert, 1998. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Why did you pick this episode if you don't want spoilers? I'm yeah, confused. Exactly. Um, I will say the show is very enjoyable, even with spoilers. So if you were planning to watch it, don't worry. This one ruin it for you but if you really don't want spoilers go back and watch it first jp yes how would you explain to somebody what dawson's creek is if they knew nothing about it oh wow um i would say dawson's creek is kind of like a it's like a cozy small town teen drama about like a filmmaker like a budding student filmmaker and his group of friends and how they're navigating kind of like crushes and love and and um friendship uh in the small town of Capeside and like that's kind of I think the best description for the first three seasons and then they go to university as is the case with pretty much every yes. teen drama. Because they, they literally just run out of mind. They're like, and now we can't pretend that they're in high school anymore. We, we all know there's only four years. Uh, can't pull a Luke Perry with this. Like, this oh, is not 30-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they tried with Andy. That's true, that's yeah. true. She mm-hmm. did okay. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah, uh, yeah. She, she looked, she fit in, yeah. I'd say. Uh, what's your origin story with Dawson's Creek? How did you get into it? Oh, wow. Um, I guess, like, what, what was my origin story? I guess I was a big, big fan of Scream. And at the time, I feel like kind of my my gateway drug into screenwriting was like learning about Kevin Williamson. Mm. And so I was a big fan of Scream. There was I Know What You Did Last Summer. I was kind of like just looking into what he was working on and what he was doing. And then I saw this announcement about a teen show that was based on his, his own high school years. Um, and loosely. Yes, <laughs> loosely. I was going to say, this is a show um, he made about himself. He does not come out looking good. No, not at all. <laughs> Although I feel like it kind of maybe like, anyway, this is good. That's for another conversation, but it's like, I feel like it kind of explains Dawson and the whole like his crushes thing. Cause mm. it's like when you're like, oh, if you reframe it as Dawson being queer, things kind of like maybe make a little bit so more much. sense. Yes, right? yeah, absolutely. Um, and his relationship with Joey and what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I started to get really excited about uh, the fact that there was this teen show that was going to have this kind of like a little bit more of a like an edge to it with the Kevin Williamson voice. Uh, and I started I started watching it. And I, I was a viewer that was watching it live you can't say it like live I mean it was like when it came to Canada which was like two months after it was in the states Um, but as soon as I could watch it I did and I loved it it was it was kind of appointment viewing especially the first and second season I would say I was like definitely like sitting down every time it was on 
on TV. Amazing. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because if you were a fan of Scream, the like the the type of writing that Williamson was doing at the time was like very unique and very self-referential. And I feel like that like really shows up in Dawson's Creek like right away. Oh yeah. Like, well, it's just, it's so, it's the meta thing, right? And yeah. I feel like it was, you know, there was like a degree of irony that was starting to happen in like late season 90210, but it never to like the degree of, again, you know, commenting on itself, playing with like all sorts of like genre and referencing films. Like yeah. the first season of Dawson's, there's like a, uh, a scream uh, homage. There's like a breakfast club homage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also a, Blair Witch homage, I think, in the, mm-hmm. I don't, oh, yeah. the second or third season. The, the Witch Island. Island. That's right, The yeah. Witch yeah. Island. Yeah, that's the one with the Pacey and uh, the Jen. Pacey and Jen sex pact, which oh. was like a big controversy for that show <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes. Oh, um, can't wait to get into that. Yeah. yeah. It's really funny to mention, sorry, just as a random aside related to Dawson's Creek, when you were talking about um, uh, Jeff St- uh, Stepakoff's book, which I also read and love, it was fascinating to me because I had watched the show first and then in reading the book was like, that makes the third season make so much more sense in terms of the plot shifts that started to happen. And like, just the, it felt, the third season felt very uneven and then all of a sudden kind of locked into place. Yes. And reading the book and knowing all that was happening behind the scenes, I was like, now that makes sense. Anyway, it was just, to me, I, I found it, as someone who went into Dawson's Creek being fascinated by screenwriting and a screenwriter and then learning about what was happening behind the scenes let's get, in let's screenwriting, get into I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's get Let- into it. So like this, this, uh, this show had kind of a, a very strange trajectory, right? Because yeah. from what I understand, Williamson was on the first two seasons and then he left mm-hmm. and then it kind of went into more of a chaotic spin. So like, what's what's the story of that? What's the story of how this became as iconic as it did and figured out what it became? Yeah, I mean, well, my understanding, and again, I'm, I'm trying to remember from what I'd read in the book and kind of what I'd read elsewhere was basically, yeah, a, a Kevin Williamson was involved heavily in the first season, somewhat involved in the second season, but he started to get pulled away by, I think it was like Scream 2, and then there was a show called Wasteland that was on ABC that was like, Felicity Dawson's Creek that they were trying to do. And um, anyway, he was just very popular. He had uh, Killing Killing Mrs. Tingle, I think, was another right. project. Teaching Mrs. Tingle, I think, was what it was changed to. Um, but he became very busy. And so he left at the end of the second season. And then they didn't really have somebody to step into his place. There was, like, I think another... I, I don't know if it was immediately, if it was Greg Berlanti who stepped into place or if it was Paul Stupin, but there were a number of like senior level writers who kind of were vying for the showrunner position. One of them got it, if I remember correctly. And then um, the beginning of the season of season three was like Dawson um, coming back from this trip and kind of like heartbroken and trying to move on from the Joey of it. And then Brittany Daniel appears as Eve? this like, yeah, as yeah, this like, this, this like kind of like film noir-esque temptress who um, it leads him to throw a party and is like being super destructive. Crashes a boat. Crashes a boat. The boat that you didn't know his dad had. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, just kind of like, is this like whatever, this force of evil in their lives. Yep. And then turns out to be Jen's half-sister, which is like a discovery that you make in, in at the beginning of the season. Then they don't talk. Talk about it, no. really. They're yeah. just like, oh my gosh, they're sisters. Bye. Yeah. yeah. It disappears. Well, this is it. And so I think what happened was they kind of had that initial arc with the like Eve of it and a sense of, I guess, going into a more soapy direction. Mm-hmm. 
viewers didn't respond well, the actors started to lose faith in um, the writing team, and especially as it got more and more kind of sexy. And so, like, I think specifically for Michelle Williams and Joshua Jackson, when their characters made a sex pact to be with each other in the episode that was the Blair Witch parody, um, they were, they actually approached the writer's room and were like, we can't, this has to change. Yeah. Yeah. And so, sex pact is a good line in the sand, I'd say. (laughs) When a sex pact happens, maybe something has gone awry. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, And so for me, I was, listen, anyway, when, what I remember is that after that point, um, the writer's room basically kind of started to have conversations about how can we save the show? And I think it was Greg Berlanti who pitched, what if we make um, Pacey and Joey like kiss and get together? And I think there had been this sense of like the chemistry that they'd had in a, the first season episode where they yep. did the science project together, yep. where there's like the changing and the pickup truck yeah. and like lots of eyes And happening. he almost asks her out, right? Yes, and then yeah. Dawson says no. Like yeah. immediately you're like, well, there's the story. Yeah, and then they 100%. don't touch it again for like two seasons. And I think part of it was Joshua Jackson and Katie Holmes were a couple in the first season, like oh, in real life. Yeah. And then broke up after that. And so I didn't know if maybe there was something there with some reticence about putting them together. But then also, um, yeah, Kevin Williamson was really, really passionate about like Dawson and Joey being Endgame. You don't right. say. And so him being, <laughs> well, this is it, right? And so him being on the sh- involved in the show, it was clear that as long as he was actively involved in the show, that wasn't going to happen. So him being away, I think, was right. also facilitated those two characters coming together and saving the show. Okay. It became immediate, like the viewers came back, everybody loved it. Um, the second he shows up on that dock, when Joe is sitting there crying and you're just like, this is, oh, this yeah. is them. This, this is, is them. the show. This oh, is the moment. Yeah. Always. And I mean, even like when they fought with each other, I was like, this is hot. Yeah, like, yeah. This is like really like, this is way better than all of the weird like Dawson making Joey watch VHSs of things and like basically fawning over him. You know what I mean? Like da- anyway, Dawson was always kind of a, a weird character. All right. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of characters, we're going to get into it now. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite characters uh, and least favorite characters mm. on the show. All right, let's think about this here. Um, I would say my favorite character is Pacey. Yes. Yeah, that, Absolutely. Pacey is beloved the on this network answer. as well. Pacey is very, uh, very enamored, or the people in this network are very enamored with Yeah, Pacey. if you hop over to uh, the podcast, I hate it, but I love it, they have a whole uh, mythos about Fuck Bill Island, uh, a place where they go uh, with all of their crushes, and Pacey is God there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, uh, Not Joshua Jackson. No, not no. sorry Joshua if you're Jackson. listening, Joshua Jackson. I'm so sorry. I know you listen to this. I podcast. hope I'm getting this right. Sorry, Cat and Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, well, Pacey loved. is God. I've never met anybody whose favorite character isn't Pacey. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just he is. He has the most interesting arc over the course of the series. You know what I mean? He kind yeah. of starts in this place of like not really knowing who he is and kind of having things be off the rails. And he gets involved with a teacher, and he seems really lost. And then he gets together with Andy, and that's a really beautiful, sweet relationship. And he's so lovely. And I mean, Dawson's Creek had some mixed results in dealing with mental health, but for for some of that Andy storyline, the way it was handled and the way that it kind of looped into that relationship was really, really lovely. So we, I think that started it. And then, you know, him and like him getting together with Joey started to, you know, took it further 
him then kind of struggling with his career and figuring himself out. Although I don't know about the stockbroker thing. Yeah, that's that was like a whole other. Yeah. That's I mean, though that all of that other, the like later season stuff. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I fully forgot about the <laughs> he became a stock. Well, he had the he had the goatee uh-huh. and he had like yep. the suit, the oversized and, suit. Yeah, like, big businessman. My brain just taps out at the chef. Yeah. Place and then just for some reason disappears into a haze until he comes back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? Like the chef thing made sense. It, it did. seemed continuous with his character yeah. line. Like it just it. Yeah, the stockbroker was not not that. And I think that was just maybe them trying to like plug him into an urban environment so that he could connect to the other characters yeah. who were in school. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so no, I would say Pacey to me had kind of the most interesting arc and was really like crush worthy and lovely and sweet and, yeah. and funny. And a Although, great performance from John. Jackson and a great too. performance. Although the only thing that I will um, asterisk is the weird homophobia in the first season. Yeah, yeah. Which then becomes supportive. Like it transforms through Jack into something supportive. Yeah. So we just I get we're just going to pretend that that didn't season happen. one Pacey <laughs> kind of sucks, and we all know. But he needs to suck in order to become the man that he this becomes. This is it. Like in the first season, he's a bit of a like dumbass. He's a bit weird and gross. And oh yeah. And the haircut, like that horrible, oh, flattering. I mean, it was it was the Caesar haircut. Everyone was like, oh, George Clooney can pull it off. Why not me? No, no, we are not George Clooney. <laughs> exactly. We can't pull it off. Yeah, <laughs> let's lest, lest we forget. Yeah. We yeah. are not George Clooney. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, do you have a least favorite character? Um, and why is it Dawson? <laughs> yeah, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have, have to be, be Dawson. <laughs> Steph, I'm just I'm just going through my own feelings. Steph is ready for the the anti Dawson propaganda. I mean, I, yeah, I would say probably Dawson. Dawson is pretty high up on least favorite character lists, and it is this weird thing of kind of like I watching Dawson's Creek made me start to look at other shows I was watching and be like. Is it normal to hate the like main character, <laughs> right? And I was like, is this like a thing, like you know, like on because on Lost, it's like Jack's kind of a dick, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so um, I don't know, but anyway, I just I think it's strange because when I think about that first season, I think about how caught up I was in like the Joey and Dawson love relationship, the potential of it, the longing, the on my own, all of that. Um, but the, I I don't think that I paid attention to him mm-hmm. and how annoying he was yeah. and how he centered everything about himself and about how territorial he got of Joey and about Joey, like every aspect of Joey really yeah. in a really not, not cool way. The way he treated Jen was really gross too. Ooh, yeah. Although the whole, let me talk, the whole, the treatment of Jen on the show is it's, like, oh, I've, oh. like, you know, like when we talk about like characters we like and characters we don't like, don't like Dawson, do like Pacey. Joey, I feel, I have trouble liking because I feel like she changed dramatically. Yes. Mm-hmm. She is not the same character she was at the end of the series that she was at the beginning. Yes. And she's also kind of too perfect and the show kind of wrote like revolves around her. Yeah. Jen never got a chance. Like Jen was just like always like it was like kind of trauma porn where it was yep. just like we're going to sex shame her. She's going to have like, you know, dysfunctional family stuff. Uh-oh, here comes the downward spiral with Abby. Oh no, Abby's dead. Now you're sad about Abby. Like it was always just like just heaped on and then there's yeah. the sex pact and I was just like Ugh. can we give her something else and um, then the the something else that they gave her was always more tragedy 100%. it was just like one thing after the other to the point where like I liked Jen as a character I wanted to but every time she came on screen I was like 
Yeah. Because it was just exhausting to watch, right? Like her thing with her dad, but like, oh God, it just went on forever. And then the ending, which we will get into. Um, But Um, yeah. I mean, the other thing is too, is that with the gen of it, it's like, I kind of feel like akin to with the Joey Pacey, where it was like the show discovered its key relationship. Yep. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jack and Jen were also a situation where it's like the two performers had this amazing chemistry and they were like, let's put them together. And then they became like true platonic soulmates. And you were like, okay, I'm really invested in that relationship, right? But I mean, again, of the main cast, it's like those two pairings and then Dawson, (laughs) right? Like, So I think it's the fact that he had the ending that he did, you know, by himself, spoiler alert, was like, I feel fitting. Dawson I, only loved himself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He his his true love was film. Yep. Um and of himself. <laughs> film, his film. His soul. Specifically. <laughs> and I feel like I th- I I'm almost feel like the first season Dawson isn't so bad because he is like a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. And like I remember being him with the like posters on the wall and yeah. thinking that memorizing facts from movies made me extremely smart. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And like all of that stuff. I do remember that, but it's the fact that he never never stops being that, that makes him obnoxious, I yeah, think. He never realizes he's this. He's never self-reflective in that way other than, oh, uh, it's so hard for me because no one loves me yeah. the way I should be loved. Like, yeah. feeling possessive over your crushes is a thing that happens to teenagers. But then you don't, and you learn, and he just didn't learn. He never learns. Yeah. It's true. And that's the frustrating part for me watching it is like, it's been four years. Yeah. Why are you not different? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's also this thing, too, where he's being sold to us as being this really self-reflexive or yes. self-reflective character. Yes. And now, you know, like, Dawson's going to, like, you know, we'll, we'll do a movie of his life, and, like, Dawson's aware of his life and thinking of his life through these movie tropes. But he... Um, never analyzes no, no. himself and no. his behavior, right? So, yeah, that's that's a very good point about Dawson. Yeah, I feel like he almost analyzes how everything else is falling short, mm-hmm. but never himself. Falling short, too, eh? That's that's a good point. It is never, like, what 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 magic this is. It's always like, <laughs> it's like, Joey, well, this, this is, is how you suck. This <laughs> is how you should be behaving based on the movie that is currently playing in my head. yeah. And, and, well, I mean, that, that fits into him, like, with Jen, trying to fit yep. Jen into the romantic type. Yeah. And then the hiding that camera on the island, remember, oh. when he accidentally oh. saw Pacey having sex with the teacher. Oh, yeah. Because he wanted to film him and Jen, like, making out or having sex. Oh, like, yeah. so gross. It was, it was really, but, Ooh. I mean, there was a lot, of, like, also, do you remember when he practiced his kiss with the decapitated Joey head? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do And then Joey that. watched... Like, she watched from, like, the upstairs watching him practice on a decapitated head from a horror movie uh-huh. that looked like her. Yep. That the dad was holding. And giving oh, him Dawson, yes. giving oh, him yeah. his advice. Mitch Leary. Mitch My. Leary. There's a lot there. There's a lot. God, a lot to Mitch Leary. His parents. What are your thoughts on the parents? Obviously, Steph, you have some thoughts. Oh, I've, I was going to say this for hot takes, but they're the worst parents in the world. They are the <laughs> yeah. most selfish parents in the world, you should never talk to your children the way that these people talk to their child. I mean, some people might, but then you make Dawson, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were, like, they were incredibly self-absorbed. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, the OC had self-absorbed parents, but they were, like, fun and cute, and, like, there were redeeming things about them. Yeah. Whereas they're with Mitch and Gail, it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, they just, they seemed like teenagers. But, like, I guess, you know what? Here. Dawson sucks. <laughs> 
and his parents suck. And I think like I'm able to like say, okay, like yeah, that's probably the parents that Dawson Leary would have would be these like self obsessed, weird kind of not adults. Yeah, you know, because he himself is trapped in this weird like Peter Pan syndrome yes. thing. Yeah. So totally. deep yeah. lacking of boundaries. Oh and yeah. just like. They, they're positioned as to us viewers as these are the cool parents that you yeah. should wish you had because they can talk to you like you're a regular human and, you know, you can talk about whatever. And it's like, no, you, no. there needs to be some boundaries. I wanted you. Grams. I was oh, always Grams. like Grams. I, like, I was like, yeah, like she's going to be mean to me about the religion thing, but I'm like down to party for sure. Yeah. Like super chill. Yep. Like got good heart on that one. Yeah. You know, I want the Grams prequel series. I don't I, know oh what, what Grams was doing in Cape Side what in was like her life? <laughs> the 70s. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what was her husband like? Right. We, we don't really meet him we, at all. We just in the, him bed. in the bed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like what's their story? Yeah. Because they were together for who knows how long. Yeah. And that was another relationship like Graham's taking uh, Jen in and that relationship, then having Jack folded into that. I was like, this is the family I care about. Yes. The Learys can get out of here. I love these guys. Yeah, Absolutely. and growth, right? Again, you see that growth. You see Graham's and how she changes over time, yeah. right? In the same way that Pacey changed. I just feel like the characters that I don't like are the ones that either had complete personality transplants mm -hmm. or didn't grow at all. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. So. Um we were talking about uh, Jack and his adoption by Grams, um, yes. which uh, this is a shitty segue. Uh, the queer <laughs> representation yeah. in Dawson's Creek. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I think it was a great segue. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> it was an excellent oh segue. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I, you know, when I started watching Dawson's Creek, I think I projected myself onto Dawson, truthfully. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you look at photographs from that era, it's very clear. There's like a lot of seersucker. There's some boat shoes. There's some puka shell necklaces. Oh, I love it. I was I was doing that. Classic. Um, but I think what was nice about Jack was Jack was kind of the first time I really saw like a queer character in a high school setting. Yeah. And be supported by friends and... Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty significant. I remember, I remember even watching that episode and it was like the, um, Hootie and the Blowfish plays when like Jack is sad and it's like only lonely on the inside. Oh yeah. And I was just like, anyway, that imprinted on my, my yeah. queer brain. Um, but I, I don't know. There was something, I mean, I'll be honest. I was never like a huge Jack fan mm -hmm. as a character. Um, but I did love that he existed and that, um, you know, that in the kiss, right? Because also that was like the. It was the first kiss on primetime, queer kiss yes. on primetime. From what I understand. I yes. think so, right? Yeah. Um, which I know that the writers really fought for. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, awesome. Like, that's incredible. That's significant. And, I mean, if you look at a teen show now, it's 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 like it's just queer people kissing yeah. each other. So, um, right we're on, very Jack. In yeah. now, we're so very in now. We're very queer. <laughs> they love us. Yeah. We're in fashion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, – yeah, I found I found the treatment of it was really thoughtful and, mm -hmm. and quite good. And just the ending, I was so so happy with who Jack ended up with. Yeah, I also had a big crush on Pacey's brother yeah, too. Yeah, he was I mean, very yeah. cute. He was very attractive. I yeah. was very happy for them. I mean, I think it's kind of sad that they had to like 
get the baby from you know what I mean? The yeah. like the like oh, the dead yeah. gen baby. Like yeah. I was like, this is not spoiler. <laughs> gen gen dies. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a bit, but Which, spoiler. Yeah. You know, it was just I was like, okay, whatever. But um, yeah, I feel like it was a good ending for him and a, a nice way to at least tie up that loose thread of of the weirdness with Pacey's yeah. brother in the first yeah. season. It, so it helps you like retroactively contextualize all of Pacey's yeah. stuff as like trying to push his brother gently to yeah. talk about it as opposed to just the the bad teasing. Yeah, the not nice homophobia that yeah, was exactly. present in teen teen stuff in Absolutely. the late 90s, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, they did sort of make a very bold move to take Jack where they took him. And like yeah. from what I understand, there was a lot of conversations with the actor whose name is escaping me right now. Kerr, Kerr. Smith. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Um, and uh, for him, it was like, a, I mean, given the time, kind of a brave move to play gay because mm-hmm. a lot of people oh, yeah. got pigeonholed yeah. um, post Ellen coming out and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah so. very Matt from Melrose Place, right? Where yes. it's like you become oh, yeah. the queer character and yep. then you're just an exposition tool. Like, <laughs> yes. My yes. favorite thing about, sorry, this is a digression, for Matt from Please. Melrose Place was when he died off screen, uh, they uh, found his journal and it was full of other people's secrets. Which As I was like, queers do. I was yeah. like, that is perfect. That is <laughs> yeah. the perfect encapsulation of queer people yeah. on nineties television. Yeah. Is the is we are, of Melrose we, place, yeah, dealing in this is it. We we are we are the tool to other people's stories. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was happy that Jack they they gave Jack depth. Yeah. More depth than had been happening with queer characters at the time on TV. Yeah. Like I'm I got deep into sort of queer representation through Buffy, but like Dawson's Creek, I, I gotta give it credit, did a better job with queer representation than Buffy did because it like they didn't well, kill the gay yeah, characters. They, they didn't kill one off and make the other go crazy, which yeah. is kind of the tropiest of all tropes, right? Like at least he got to have an ending and he yeah. got to have like a fully formed uh arc, which was Nice. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. No, and no dying. No dying. No dying. Yeah. Please, no dying. Yeah. Stop okay. killing. We're talking about the ending here, so I'm just going to ask the question: How do you feel about the ending of Dawson's Creek and the wrapping up of these characters? Obviously, we've talked a bit about uh, Dawson ending up alone. Beautiful. We love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Running a show about himself. Of course. Absolutely. The oral Dawson's Creek, and, and it's just like him fondly looking at the photograph of his friends on the table, and it's like that's exactly how you always wanted your friends to be, just like a. Like yes. an item on your desk. Yes, at a that distance. Is, yes. Yeah, you can right? hang your hat on it and be like, "Hooray, I did it! Yeah, yeah. I did the friend." You, yes, exactly. You finally got to put words in their mouth. I <laughs> <laughs> Truth. It's is it true. wrong? Ooh, I, I don't think it's, it's so wrong. true. I love it. Um, which makes me go on this weird like <laughs> TV writing spiral of like, is that what I want to do? Am I processing trauma uh-huh. by putting words in the mouths of like <gasps> yep. representative characters who represent other people in my life? I can't tell you how many existential crises oh, no. I have had just watching Dawson be Dawson and being like, so I can't be that. <laughs> to make sure I don't do that. There are definitely moments where we're watching it. It's just like, hey, Kaya. Steph, don't look at me. Hey, hey, Steph, Kaya. don't look at me. Hey, Kaya, this is really real, eh? Steph. <laughs> Cautionary tale. Cautionary, Cautionary tale. tale. We all need tale. it. Yeah. Yep. Be a Pacey, um, not a Dawson. Be a Pacey, not a Dawson. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I think ending of the show, okay, happy with Joey and Pacey. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you, writer's room that, like, aggressively lobbied Kevin Williamson and were like, do not put Joey with Dawson. You can Joey with Pacey. Yes. Yep. And he listened. So, yes. awesome. And bless. 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 Exactly. Yep. Um, I'm happy for, you know, Jack and for Doug. I think it was Doug, I think it's Doug, right? yeah. Doug? Um, Officer Doug. Yeah. Officer Doug, that's right. Uh, that they ended up together and yeah. that, that was that they were happy and that there was a, a 
great home for Jen's baby. Yeah. You got to love his musicals. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> fully embrace. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, the biggest thing is, and Dawson, where Dawson lands is perfect. Jen mm. is not. Yep. Not perfect. But also fitting for her entire arc on that show, her treatment in general, yeah. I think. And also, like, in an in a nice kind of karma way of, like, now if you want to reboot it, you can't get the Oscar winner. Like, yeah. you kind yeah. of, you know Talk what I mean? Yourself. Like, you're, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, <laughs> That's a good point. You know, because, I hadn't thought about that. Well, because it's like, and I, you know, in when you get really deep into the Dawson's Creek media, it's like there's a lot of the writers talk about how some of the actors were very difficult. A lot of the actors talk about how the writers weren't listening to them. But I do know that Michelle Williams really did get the shaft, right? Yeah. Like, I do think yes. at a certain point in time, it was very clear that the show and became centered around Katie Holmes and Joey. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if it was an edict. I don't know what that was. But Michelle Williams and Jen became much smaller in the yeah. story. Yep. And, and then they just did her completely dirty with the way they dressed the character, yeah. the way they styled, like, her hair in that show I is know. a nightmare. Season like, two especially, with like, the, like, clips that are trying yeah. to, like, fix the hair. Oh, Lord. It was like, her downward spiral. Honestly, it <laughs> seems like... That's how you know. That's, how you that's know. her villain origin Watch story. Watch out for the clips. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like those writers met her once and were like, you are my worst enemy, and I'm going to make sure you suffer for the next yeah. six years. It is like it is. I think it's a cardinal sin for sure in television when you can feel a writer punishing uh, an oh. actor, and you're just like, no, don't do this. You're yeah. punishing the wrong actor. Lot. Punish Dawson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Punish him. Absolutely. I know. Just um, rebrand it, Joey's Creek. We all know it's her story. Anyway. And I do feel that Mitch Leary was potentially an actor who seemed punished by the writer's room okay. based on that particular ending. This is a hot <laughs> this is a hot gossip I saw on the internet. I cannot believe this is real, but I want to believe it's real mm-hmm. that the actor who played Mitch Leary and the actor who played Dawson uh, had an affair behind the scenes and someone found out about it and that's why they killed Mitch. That's what I heard. Hot gossip. Now I hope it's true. I will say <gasps> That from it's like I was like I was there and I was, I was there, involved and they no, um, did it. <laughs> I uh, I, re- I remember the, like the message boards and stuff at the time because I used to read a lot of um, it was called Mighty Big TV and then it became Television Without Pity. Oh, uh, right. right. But it was like yeah, amazing. I and the message it. boards were all just like getting and digging into story and really like and sometimes uh, TV writers would get on there and kind of <gasps> debate stuff. And, That's cool. Yeah, especially the bu- the Buffy writers used to get involved quite a bit. Um, and I think once Erin uh, Sorkin got on there and got mad because of something related to Westwood. Oh, he would. Yeah. <laughs> um, but don't read um, the comments. Aaron Sorkin. It was the the Mitch Dawson behind the scenes romance was like a real gossip piece that they were apparently involved with each other. And I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I've I'd heard I'd heard for a long time that the actor who plays Mitch is queer. Oh. But I don't know. Unverified sources <gasps> Unverified and don't want to I don't want to, you know, yeah. do that. We're not but outing anyone here. Not, yeah. you know what I mean, exactly. Yep. Um, but, you know, in the event that that is true. And then, you know, I don't know what James Vanderbeek enjoys, but yeah. 
I mean, it's pretty hot. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> get I mean, it. daddy. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, uh, yeah. I mean, it is, it is the daddy fantasy. Yeah. Um, and he was a hot, he was a hot dad too. He like, was a hot yeah. dad. Absolutely. A, yeah. I, I had a big crush on, on John Wesley Ship when he was the Flash on the 90s show. Like I used to. I did not know he was the Flash. He was on a very short lived Danny Elfman had <gasps> done, had, uh, did the score for it because Whoa. it was just on the heels of the original Batman, the 89 Batman. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, it's a weird show because it's very campy but has the darker tone of the Tim Burton Batman in a weird way. Like, it kind of walks a line. Anyway, he's super hot. He wears a tight suit. I loved it. <laughs> it was very a very formative television series in my development. Um, and so having him be this hot dad, amazing. Yeah. Um, but I did – so I did hear that this there was an affair element that potentially was informing it, but I also heard – that there might have been some challenges around contracts uh, and about the parents and their role on the show as the characters had gone into university. Right, yeah. And them feeling that they were like, if we're going to be on the show at all, we want more money, we want more stories. Uh, and they couldn't, and, couldn't justify it. And I don't know, you know, how severe that argument was to justify killing somebody off with an ice cream cone in a uh, car. Okay. So for those who don't know, oh God, the way favorite. that Mitch Leary, <laughs> Dawson's father, dies is oh. it's right up there with the most iconic deaths uh, oh. of the era of network oh, yeah. television. Steph, did you want to weigh I wanna, in? Because really you're squeaking. To, I'm so excited about this death. <laughs> so Mitch Leary gets into his car. He's going out to get... I believe it's some milk mm-hmm. uh, because he's just had a really nice time with his son Dawson. They've had a really beautiful bonding moment. Mitch Leary's in his car singing, Give me the people and free my soul. And he got so excited that he was drumming with the ice cream cone he, for some reason, was eating as he was driving this. And he flicks the ice cream off of the cone onto the ground. And you know what he chooses to do? He chooses to try to pick up a piece of ice cream <laughs> off of the floor of his car and accidentally veers into a truck and dies. The end. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the best television death it's, in the yeah. world. It's it's right up there with the dog <laughs> grabbing the heart in one tree hill. Yeah. Like another like very iconic yeah. moment. Yeah, um, tr- truly. But it's up there. Yeah. It kills me. It kills me every time. I oh I just wiped off all my makeup. I was almost crying. Uh, I just yeah, I just can't like understand because I mean to me it's like it's an incredibly ridiculous death. Yes. <laughs> and a show and then, that doesn't do that. Usually. Exactly. And then they try to like have all of this like pathos afterwards. And they're like, okay, well, you know, Dawson's like mourning Mitch. And it's like, of course. Yeah. But all you can think about is him, like those headlights in his face <laughs> with the ice cream cone in his hand. Yep. Like it it was a really embarrassing death. It would have been so simple <laughs> to make it a car crash. Why the ice cream? But also, Who was responsible? But also, as Steph points out, it's like everything about the way it's choreographed in the car of yeah. like, why the drumming with the ice cream cone? Why deciding? Like, if you drop an ice cream cone in a car, no one's like five second rule. Like, no one's gonna <laughs> do that, right? Like, that's disgusting. It's I already mean, gross. Anywhere. Just leave it there. Who would ever pick ice cream up under any circumstances? Like, it's a trope that when children drop ice cream, they cry, not go pick it up. Yeah. Also, have you <laughs> seen, Absolutely. like, in a car, if you have a car, I want you to go out to your car right now, and I want you to look at the floor mats in your car. And I'm gonna ask you if you would eat a piece of ice cream that you found no. on that, because I would never. No. I think what you're trying to say here is, Mitch, Deserved it. <laughs> <Is that> he, <laughs> he made his choices. 
He chose what was important. I drove with an ice cream cone this week, and I can tell you, it's easy not to die doing it. Yeah. It's really easy. Although, I'm going to tell you, I was concerned while We did talk about this moment as I was eating the ice cream. Steph, don't you dare. I I don't want to die this way. Right? It's like, it just feels like foreshadowing now, right? If it had (laughs) happened, I would have been thrilled. If that's the way I go out, is a Mitch Leary way. Oh, wow. Put that on my tombstone. Just let everyone know. She yeah. died via dropping her ice cream. A horrible afterlife request. Oh, okay. Um, what are some other iconic moments for you? Like, uh, for me, uh, downtown, downtown Crossing is one of the big ones. Yeah. That the, stupid bank machine that's bullshit. The, yeah. the whole solo episode for Joey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where she is like, uh, that was the real epitome for me of Joey being the most perfectest angel that there ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was the peak. That was the peak, like, Katie Holmes can do no wrong. Yes. Era, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, like I remember when that episode started, Steph like tapped me and was like, "You have to watch this one. It's very important that you pay very <laughs> close so attention iconic. to this one. It's so iconic." That's where it's like it feels like an actor having a conversation with the writers' room and being like, "I want a showcase." Yeah, like I'm entitled to a showcase now. And then someone saying, "Okay, Katie Holmes, whatever you say." Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, they just gave her a lot of. Uh, in italics, acting to yeah. do. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. And also, too, because it was, like, around, like, I guess, like, Pieces of April era. So that was probably when she was trying to, like, kind of, like, branch out into right. the prestige stuff. Yep, that makes um, sense. I guess, let me think about this. Significant moments in, in Dawson's Creek land. Well, I mean, we talked about, like, Jack coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, the two-parter. The two-parter, that's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, what was it called again? Anyway, I can't remember. I miss two-parters. I do, too. Uh, a holdover of network television. I do, too. Oh, good times. Um, I loved the um, Scare episode of season one. Yes. I loved it because it was such a strange choice to be like, Joey's actually going to interact with a serial killer. So weird. Like, so weird, right? Where you're like, this whole thing is like, it's a screen parody and everyone's having fun and it's all like, ah, like ghosts and like, we're all like, you know, whatever. And then an actual serial killer tried to it was it was went went up to the car and tried yep. to ask it asked her for directions yes. yep that's which is how he like lured other girls in mm-hmm. that's right um, yeah i love it i love it just cuz it's so over the top and ridiculous yeah. i'm like yeah. that's 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 a lot um it's a good example of how the show i think really struggled to m- modulate between the silly and the serious oh, yeah. and they like dove so fast into serious sometimes that you're like wait what i have whiplash what show is this <laughs> what show do you think you are the, the implications it. of this that you are not willing to deal with yeah no yeah. absolutely um, I would say the kiss between uh, Joey and Pacey. Classic. Um, which is the episode, it's the episode where he pulls over the car and then pulls her aside and they kiss on the, the curb. Yep. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was like the long kiss, the long night. I don't yep. know it had some name like that. Uh, but I loved it. It was amazing. It's an amazing they moment. beautifully arced the tension between them and the way that they played off of each other and their discovery of love for each other. And I loved it. I thought that was really, really great. Yeah. Um, I also, I'm trying to think of what, what were some other ones that I really enjoyed. I, I actually really did enjoy, um, like, the Abby, I mean, it's not really an episode, the Abby Morgan arc. Yeah. I love two. Abby yeah. Morgan. I love that character. I did too. And I was like, and I was just like really sad that I was like, okay, I guess like everything that Jen values has to die. But like, I was just like, she's a great character. She's one of those truth sayers, yeah. kind of like a Cordelia who calls things out. Yep. Um, and I loved her and I loved her for that. And I loved, I actually did love elements of the dynamic she shared with Jen through mm-hmm. that. Um, I did find the whole like 
funeral episode of Abby after she falls and hits her head on the dock or whatever. Yeah. Um, memorable. Yep. yep. It's memorable. memorable. I don't know that I would say it's a favorite, but it's memorable. One would it? remember it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Again, like Escape to Witch Island, which is the Blair yep. Witch. I feel like I really glommed onto any of the trope, or the trope, the kind of like parody homage Yeah, the genre-y kind. I like, yeah. really like the study episode one where they all yeah. have to study for the test the next day yes. and they stay up all night. And, and they do the on. flip in the pool. I love the and flip the, like, into the pool, yes. man. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those moments, because I think I... I imagine, I wasn't watching this at the time, but I imagine that watching this show, you were like, that's the kind of teenager I want to be. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that jumping into the pool after a night of studying moment, I was like, that is a like iconic teenager moment. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even like the when they're in the library in season yeah. one. Yeah. 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 I love that. When it, whenever they put them in like a little pressure cooker, little bottle episode, yes. and have them deal with their problems. Yeah. That was always them at their best, for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, with uh, I'm just gonna jump back into another question. Mm. With so many '80s and '90s shows getting the reboot treatment, mm. uh, would you ever want to see this show come back? And uh, if so, what would you do with it? Well, like, let's talk about Bodie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's. Um, I just feel like everything, everything related to kind of like Bessie and Bodie and like Joey from the wrong side of the tracks and the dad and the drug dealing. And there was a lot of, of um, judgmental choices that yes. were made in storytelling. Oh, that's one big iconic episode is when Dawson decides to give Joey an ultimatum about her dad. A hundred percent. Holy oh, well, hell. And, and like cla- classic Dawson. Yes. Like classic Dawson. Like, like, thanks, thanks Dawson. This really needs you yeah. in this. Yeah, right? yeah. That's what we really need. This family needs is a moral crusader to inform them of what is correct. Yeah. No, no, no. I would say... Um, I would say... So yeah, I would say definitely that I would want to kind of reapproach that I would be curious to see, like, well, it's interesting, right? Because if you did do a reboot of this, they would want it to be in Cape Side. And what would Cape Side look like in 2022? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely you definitely want more diversity, for sure. In terms yes. of characters who've stayed, I guess you would be looking at, like, Jack's kid? I Aww. guess so, yeah. yeah. That would be right? their story. Because, well, when I'm trying to think when the show ended, 2010, 2008? Uh, probably around then. And so if we're doing the math, they're probably in line for high school or probably in high school right now. Anyway, I would yeah. center the show on that character because I think that that's great. Yeah. Queer parents. You know what I mean? It yeah. Would, uh, that's a good point. So 90s I would, fashion is so in right now. Yes. I, 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 it, it's very, it's 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 hard. It's hard for me right now. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? I'm like, everybody looks like they did. Yeah. You know, thirty odd years ago, but yeah. everything's more expensive. Absolutely, yes. um, and everybody's unfair. eyebrows are better. Yes, we yes. learned yeah. from our mistakes. I'm upset that it's getting into the two thousands again already, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We do not do pinstripes again. Oh, we do not no. do flared jeans again. No. We do not do low rise again. No. We need to have conversations. Yes. <laughs> no inflatable, no inflatable furniture. No, it's no, no. Like learn from our the mistakes. The see through, um, the see through bra strap, like tank top <gasps> yep. thing. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. The tear away yep. pants. Yep. Yeah, I feel like, and then also there was a lot of like face jewelry. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, bindies were huge, right? Yep. Via Gwen, Gwen Stefani. Stefani. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is learn your history or be doomed to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to us, your elders. Yes, and all and all related to Dawson's Creek because we saw all of that on Dawson's Creek 100%. as well. One hundred percent. Yes, so. absolutely. The sweater vests. Um, okay, so last but not least, what is the nerdiest thing you've done in relation to this fandom? Ooh, nerdiest thing that I did. Um, okay, let's see here. 
Almost did. Does that count? Sure. Yeah, oh, okay. absolutely. So I tried to convince my parents to take a family vacation to Wilmington, North <gasps> Carolina. Bless just so that I could go and see, like, the set. But I didn't, like, I was like, if I tell them that I want to go and see, like, a, like the set of a teen drama, they're not going to go. No. <laughs> so I, like, researched all about Wilmington, North Carolina, and was like, I'm really interested in North Carolina's history, which is like... <laughs> Well, that begs some uh, questions. Oh, <laughs> In what way? Oh, um, yeah. So, oh um, I tried to, and then we ended up, we, I can't even remember why we didn't end up going. We ended up, I think we cho- ended up choosing Boston instead, hilariously I enough. I mean, hey. Kind of, you know, yeah. somewhat adjacent to mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Um, fake university. Fake, the fake university, yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say that would probably be the most extreme thing that I did. I also... Um, I volunteered during TIFF, and I got to walk Katie Holmes to her car. Wow. Yeah. And that this must was, have been neat. This was when she was with Chris Klein, pre-Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and I did say I really loved you in Dawson's Creek, and she said thanks. She was very nice. Oh, that's nice. Um, it was good. It was, that was, that was, I would say those are the two kind of biggest nerdy Dawson's Creek-related moments for oh, me. That's wonderful. Yeah. I also did write a horror movie and tried to film it, which is kind of like Dawson's Creek, but like... <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's it's within the vein, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of imitation. Yes. I love that. Oh. Uh, we're about to get into our hot takes section, but before we're going to, uh, we just have to do a little shout out to Tea Public. Uh, this episode is brought to you by them, uh, and it's where you're going to find your next favorite tea. Uh, they have unique and nerdy designs, which you can get on t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, mugs, stickers, phone cases, and so much more. Uh, you can find a design you love and get on almost anything. Yeah, I, I will say I am very picky about my t-shirts. I'm very picky about my cuts and colors it's and all of these true. things. Like usually I just wear white t-shirts just to make things simpler. But the great thing about Tee Public is you can customize literally anything. You can put anything on any fabric, on any size, any color. And it's just like you can take any design you love and you can make it exactly the shirt you want it to be, which I think is absolutely the best. That's It's so unique in that respect. Absolutely. Uh, and all the designs are made by indie artists who get paid fairly for their work. Work. We love that. Oh, we love it. Yay. Uh, when you buy a shirt from our Tee Public store, you're supporting an indie artist as well as this podcast. So head on over to Show to check out all of our merch and favorite designs from Tee Public. That's tpublic.thefandomshow.com. And thank you, Tee Public, so thank much for you. your support. We love you. All right. Hot now, takes. We hot have takes. paddled hot takes. down the creek and crawled into the bedroom window of the internet <laughs> to find some hot, hot takes for you. That's all, Kaya. <laughs> it sounds I, so I creepy love when you it. I cannot, I, I cannot love take credit for that. I'm for it. Um, so we're going to read out some hot takes from the internet and yes. from some of our listeners, uh, and to, we'd love to get your take. Uh, so first and foremost, mm-hmm. uh, we'll go with uh, they should never have let Joey slash Katie actually sing on my own. Oh, yeah. That is from listener Jenny Poulon. Another oh, iconic yeah. moment. Definitely. It's funny because when I watched it originally, I was like very touched and was like, yes, you are showing Dawson who you really are. You're showing that longing, Joey. Go for it. This is amazing. Look, you look beautiful right now. Get your now. Eponine moment. Yeah, do it, right? Like I was, you know, I, I had my cassette of Les Mis that I listened to. And so I, it, there was a lot of crossover there. Yeah. Um, but in re- like rewatching, it's hard. Wow. Yeah. Not, not like some some actors are singers. Yeah. And and Katie Holmes, I don't think is is one of them. Yeah. But that's um, okay. It's okay not to be a singer. Just don't sing in your show. Yeah, and don't like make it kind of like the the like 
significant emotional turning point of yes. your season. That's the larger issue. Right? Where I think you're just there. like, ooh, okay. So that's that's gonna be the thing that's gonna turn Dawson. All right, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is so incredible in this single moment that Dawson is a different man. Like that's a high bar for anyone to clear. A hundred percent. Doing a song. A hundred percent. And also like in Les Mis, right? Like just yeah. why can't you like pick a pop song? Pick yeah. something a little easier a little easier. Because yeah. <laughs> Eponine's is a very good singer's role. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you cannot sing that if you do not have extreme talent. Absolutely. And uh, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this Katie Holmes, but that's not your song. You are very talented in many <laughs> other ways. Many other you're ways. so good. Many other ways. We, we know you. We know yes. that Katie Holmes is a big fan of the yeah, podcast. Katie, yeah, Katie absolutely. listens to us all the time. We big know. fan of you. Big fan of Suri. Yes. You're great. Yeah, you're all doing great. Good job. Um, okay, how about this? Uh, this one is from a friend of the podcast, Jocelyn Getty. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I maintain that they decided to trash Andy as a character because her problems were so real and so hard next to her Uh, Dawson and Joey looked like a couple of whiny chumps, especially Dawson. Yeah. Yeah, agree. I agree. And I think it's really, I do think it's really interesting because when I was uh, mentioning before about how the show did some good with kind of the depiction of mental health, it was really fascinating to me where the line was drawn, where the story ended, and then how Andy was treated afterwards. Yeah. And the way mental health was treated kind of after she was a main of the show when she was just guesting and coming back. And it was, it always seemed very um, regressive and kind of gross and fed into like, you know, it was like the, she's cheating on Pacey and she can't make up her mind. She's emotionally dead. Like it was just, it just wasn't, um, it wasn't good. And so I do, I do think that the writers kind of brought themselves or wrote themselves into a place where they probably did what they felt all that they could do with that story. Yeah. I mean, I give them, I give them props for not trying to like resolve it and to be like, Andy's like cured of depression. (laughs) Yes. Like, so they didn't do that. So like right on. But at the same time, I also think that they kind of were like, all right, well, what else can we do with this character? Let's ship her off. And, um, You know that's that's not that's not great. That's not awesome. Yeah, it's so interesting because there are moments, especially in the way Pacey deals with it. Um, and for context, Andy's dealing with a lot of like grief over her dead brother, and she like hallucinates him and deals with a lot of like hyper anxiety and depression um, and uh, mania. And yeah, it's it's interesting because like Pacey deals with it so well, and so, so especially for love. the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like that was, and to see someone have that reaction to that mental health problem at the time was kind of of a huge deal. Yeah. Huge deal. And huge, then huge deal. you can tell where the writers change because there is just so much whiplash in like what becomes of her. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think part of it too is also that like that thing we were discussing before about how season three was the show trying to figure itself out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. so I feel like season one and two were one kind of show. Yes. And then season three was when they were like, oh, okay, no, this is the show we're going to be. Yeah. And so it kind of, it, it, it didn't, um, try to have gravity with things and be careful with things, it became more soapy. Yeah, I think that especially the first half of uh, season three, there is this palpable sense of like, what are they doing? And the answer is they did not know yeah. From, yeah. from the sense that I got. And then like almost at the exact halfway point of the season, probably because they had a season break, you can, it turns over. Light switch moment. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah. it's, it's so interesting to watch if you're interested in TV writing at all. Cause oh, you yeah. just like, it's so apparent. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the thing, the closest thing experience that I can kind of uh, compare it to is season uh, four of Community, right? Where it's like you're looking at the characters 
and they're played by the same actors, but the voices are all wrong, and everything feels really off and strange, and you're like, this feels like fan fiction. Yes. But it's not, right? And I think that's how that season kind of feels, for sure. It's like Game of Thrones, too. It's just you have the same characters, and you don't know how to use them anymore, and you forget who they are. Which is almost more egregious, because those were the same showrunners. There was no reason for that. Yeah. I know. Um, But anyway, don't get me started. We Um, can't. Different episode. Um, Yeah, no, I I think that's absolutely a very, very good comparison and a very unsettling season of Community, because it just really feels like a possession of sorts. Of your favorite characters, right? Like, and you're and you're just kind of like, like, what is this? Like, it it was it was fascinating to me because, like, to your point with Dawson's Creek, it's like, how is a show itself, and what makes a show, and what makes yeah. the voice of a show, and is it the performers? Is it you know, like, it's obviously a collaboration, but when you take one piece of that out, look how different it can be. And so yeah. that was anyway, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, for sure, completely agree. Yeah. All right, next hot take. Jack is bisexual. He has shown attraction to multiple women and men throughout the show. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, right? Like, I mean, he could he could be. He could be. He could be. I mean, the, the problem with 90s queer media is that whenever a character came out as queer, it was always like, oh, okay, now that they've said they're queer, they're only going to like the same sex, and yep. that's it. Like, yep. Willow was a, a similar example, yep, right? very much so. Um, where it was like when the episode where is uh, was it called The Wish? The one where, no, not Wish. It was the one where she tried to do a spell, and Kaya? she tried to, like, make make a, a guy fall in love with her. Do you remember? Or uh, no, it was, uh, uh, who did she try to make fall in love with her again? Was that in season seven, the episode yes. Him? Yes, yes, Him. Thank you. That's <laughs> yeah. it. It's coming back to me. Um, I don't know the episode code because I don't know season seven as well. <laughs> I knows almost every episode name of Buffy. <laughs> but, but I thought it was really interesting just in the sense of kind of like, oh, okay, like, you know, you're going to have this character. They're going to kind of want to fall into this place of, you know, making someone fall in love with them. And there is a history of them having a crush on men. But because they've been depicted as like queer and queer only means lesbian, now everybody that they're going to be attracted to in this universe has to be female, right? And so I I just, I think it's like, it's just by erasure, right? Like it's just, and so I mean, with, with Jack, like it could, it could be the case. I mean, I'd be curious, like, you know, what what would a Jack look like in a reboot, right? Like maybe he would be like, yeah, I am attracted to Joey. I love Joey. You know, I'm with Joey. I'm the love interest here at the top of the season. I'm like, you know, I'm also attracted to guys. Yeah, right, yeah. so um, yeah, it's hard to say. I can't. I can't make a. Def- I'm, I can't make a definitive yeah. <laughs> statement about Jack's sexuality. We don't know. Um, we don't know. <laughs> but by erasure of the '90s was real. Oh, so real. So real. So, so real. Um, okay, so here's one. Um, Dawson Leary is sort of celebrated as a great filmmaker, mm-hmm. but he is absolutely not. No, he's not. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> he's not. And it's, what's really funny, too, is that, like, everything he makes is super derivative, yeah. which is, like, a kind of a joke and kind of a, like, and at the time they're trying to do this whole, like, well, you know, like, Scream is a, a very re- self-referential film uh-huh. and we're aware of the rules of horror movies and, yeah. like, look at Halloween and look at Psycho and it's, like, he would just re- he ma- remade the creature from yes. the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Like, with the exact same costume. Wasn't Pacey wearing the yep. same yep. 
costume. Absolutely, yep, yep. yeah. Um, incredibly derivative. And like when he didn't get into film school, I was like, yeah, you wouldn't get into film school with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, and um, and yeah. like that's fine to an extent. I, full confession, found a uh, like my very first script in high school the other day because I was cleaning out a bunch of files. And as I was reading it, I was like, this is almost scene for scene, the dream episode of Buffy, Restless, at the end of season four. And I'm like, this is precisely the same thing <laughs> which like and it makes sense right yeah. because it's like you when you're learning when you fall in love with something and you're learning the format you're like you kind of go to the thing that kind of made you fall in love you with imitate. it and so you try to like learn it yeah. from inside out right and so then I you g- stop doing that yeah, after a while yeah, ideally is, and then yeah eventually you you have a voice that kind of comes out of that that's distinctive yeah. right and and as we said with Dawson they're they're what like there wasn't right no. like he was self-obsessed but there about nothing like there was nothing there yeah um so yeah no i would he was not a good filmmaker no. at all and the, and this the, even the show that the series ends on where it's like oh it's the creek or whatever he called it and i was like yeah. derivative again like this is like not yeah. you know so yeah no not a good filmmaker yeah 100 there's there's that one part when he's in college and he meets that other filmmaker mm-hmm. um who is just like infinitely more awesome mm-hmm. and i'm like i just want to watch her school him for seasons oh yeah just like I please run circles around oh, him yeah. and humiliate him. But please, doesn't please, she please. end up on side with him? Yeah, of course all? she does. Yeah. Who doesn't? Just like, oh right, um, I yeah. forgot you were brilliant. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, even like Pacey's sister. Pacey's sister fell in love with Dawson too, right? Oh my god, I forgot about yeah. that part. Oh, that part was weird. Yeah, that was really weird. Oh, the 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 college years were weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although Busy Phillips. Oh, amazing! Oh, what a great love addition! Amazing! Truly, I wish she had showed up earlier. And I love, I I love that in real life, Busy Phillips and Michelle Williams became best friends. Yes, and really. That they they go to award shows together. Oh. M- Michelle Williams refused to do the Dawson's Creek Vanity Fair reunion unless Busy Phillips was there. And Bless. so it's wild It's wild to watch this footage because you see them on the, and I love it. I love it because I'm just like analyzing body language and like looking for like, I'm like, who feels like who about what? Oh and my God. Um, yes, I did the exact same thing. Right? Because <laughs> no, I'm like, ooh, I'm like, like you know, what's the friendship between like Katie and Michelle? Yeah. Because obviously, well, you know, like yeah. post Tom Cruise, like what's mm-hmm. that all about? Yep. And then like Josh, Joshua Jackson, how's that going with Katie? So I'm just like trying to read the room. And uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it was like, it was really fascinating how Michelle stayed so close to busy and kind of like, just in a very protective friendship yeah. way. And I was like, she definitely did not have a good experience on that show and like was like here, this is the only good thing that came along with yep. me. Yeah. And so I'm going to keep that close to, to who I am. Yeah. But I love it. I love their friendship because they're also so different in the types of performers they are, the yeah. types of work that they do, but they, they are like, they're like platon- platonic soulmates. So oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh. I love friendship. Same, same. <laughs> it's so exciting to watch. Uh, all right. Uh, Pacey and Andy should have been Endgame. True or false? False. Oh. false. False. Yeah. I mean, I Andy was never my favorite character. And I think that that isn't necessarily her fault. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of, you know, again, when they started to approach the, kind of the mental health of it, they did a bit of a disservice to her as a character. And so we didn't really get a chance. Like I think early Andy, there was a lot of really great spunk and and she was an interesting character and kind of a nice foil. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, like Pacey and Joey, right? Like that's there. The chemistry between Joshua Jackson and Katie Holmes is like incredible. It felt really lovely because even though it wasn't their original plan, it kind of loops back into the original or, or like the original kind of, 
the trio of yeah. them in yeah. Cape Side. So it does feel kind of like bookendy. Um, no, I, I, I think it, they're, they're end game for sure. I yeah. mean, I partly wished it only because as a, a young spunky blonde, I was like, yes, I could have it, Joshua Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen, me and Pacey slash Charlie Conway from The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> he could be mine. It's a lot of overlap. I was, I was scanning like the, the party scenes for like the one beige extra. Who was, like, <laughs> <I> was, like, <laughs> they can get Pacey. And I'm just not in the show. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, as we're wrapping up, what is your hottest Dawson's Creek take? This is your moment. You can say mm-hmm. anything you want. About oh my stuff. goodness! One, several. If you got, you some. can say whatever oh, you want. Wow. Ooh, this is this is. Uh, ooh, I feel like I have so much power now, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> with it. Uh, um, okay, everybody, sit I, here quietly for two minutes while JP thinks about this. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like. Yeah, I wish that. I wish that they had spent more time in Cape Side. Yeah. Because I feel like the university years lost a, a lot of the magic of what the show was. Like, I feel like what I loved about Dawson's Creek was, like, the comfy sweater, leaves on the creek, yeah. you know, I, the small town feeling. Like, yeah. during that era when my parents, when we would go on, like, road trips and I would see a small town, I'd always be like, I want to live there. It's like Cape oh. Side. And I'm like, thank God I did not. <laughs> <laughs> For so many reasons. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the university years, I, I would have probably held off on that as long as possible or found reasons to keep the characters in town. I also kind of like wish Bodie had been a real character. Bodie was yeah, such a Bodie great character. Um, the treatment of race on the show was a problem. Yeah. So I kind of wish that that had been uh, better for yes. sure. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I kind of feel, I mean, I, we've talked about it, but I feel like the entire treatment of Jen Lindley was like justice for Jen. Yeah. Because she Jen. did not, she was always sex shamed. She was always like just treated horribly by the other three. Yes. I mean, maybe not Pacey, but like still left on the outskirts of things. And I just, yeah, I just feel like it really tells you something when that performer goes on to be incredibly celebrated and like very talented yeah. and nominated for many awards. And you're like, I saw none of that on that show. Yeah. And you're like, she wasn't really given a chance, right? So um, yeah, I, I kind of wish I kind of wish that Jen had had a bit of a different a, a different ending to that yeah. story. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just had a side question that I just thought of. Did you watch ne- it on Netflix when it was first released? I did. In Canada. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a case for any of our listeners who are listening from anywhere else, but big controversy here in Canada yeah. is they didn't get the rights to the theme song. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you think about the theme song that they chose? Yeah, it's well, it's well, beautiful Jan Arden. It is. We it love is. Jan Arden. Yeah, it was um, Run Like Mad, which yeah. Jan actually commissioned specifically for that show. <gasps> is that right? Yeah. I did not know that. I yeah, did not so know. they originally had wanted um, Hand in My Pocket by Alanis Morissette. Right. Mm. Okay. And actually edited the credits around that song, and then she pulled the rights on them at the last minute. Whoa. And then goodness. they had um, negotiated the rights for. Um, in the in the middle of this, they were talking to Jan Arden. She ended up recording this theme song, which they then used on international versions. But they had also um, optioned Paula Cole's song for an episode, and then were like, "Hey, 
like they someone subbed it in, I think, and an exec saw it and was like, it was the last this episode. is the, this is the song, right? That works. Yeah. And so, um, and that's how Paula Cole's song became the theme song. But I, what? I, the use of music on Dawson's Creek is really fascinating because I had the Dawson's Creek soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Once Naturally, of course. You know, Heather yeah. Nova, yeah. Sixpence None the Richer. Oh, classic. Lots of knee hugging. Like this is, this was me, <laughs> like my journaling, like I was there. Oh, this um, is a whole mood. <laughs> but, but I mean, the show, like music was such, it was so baked into WB shows yeah, and it was so it was. central to our understanding of them. So like, Seeing no Paula Cole theme song was 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 strange. Was an adjustment, and yeah. then I think the other piece was too is that those that Netflix version they replaced a lot of songs in the actual oh. episodes themselves. Did they? Yeah, that makes sense. Which is, I mean, makes sense, but it's also fascinating because it's like then you're rewatching them and you're like, this scene feels so different, and you're like, that's because. You know, it was like Feeder or it was like Weezer, and they just couldn't get the rights yeah. to them to have Wild. it on streaming. So they sub in something else, and it just doesn't feel right. So, yeah, because that was yeah. so much the model of WB at the time was to be the cool teen network oh, yeah. that like integrated the sh- the music you're listening to yeah. and the the fashions that you're using. Like it was so specifically targeted to do that. Oh yeah, and I mean it was, and again, like they were selling soundtracks, and they were like, yeah. you know what I mean. And it was like it was Lilith. Era, era, so it was like if you had a song that was on that show, you would chart, you would be part yep. of that concert. Like it was a big deal. Yeah. So it is. Um, anyway, to, to kind of in recognizing how significant the music is on that show, and then seeing it change yeah. um, for streaming was was disappointing. I yeah. think because I think what you want to do when you rewatch a show is kind of tap into the feeling you had when you first watched it. Absolutely, yeah. and it didn't feel the same. No, well, yeah. Kaya's first time ever watching the show was with the Jan Arden theme yeah. song, and then we rewatched it, and they gotten a new version of Paula Cole's single. She re-recorded really? it, so it's slightly different and. You only know that if you've watched too much Dawson's Creek. Yeah, um, but it is a slightly different version of "I Don't Want to Wait," and it was it was great for me to hear it back, but probably a little strange for you being like, "This is not the theme song." Well, the trippy thing is, for me, it wasn't my original theme song, even though I knew that the Dawson's yeah. what the Dawson's Creek theme song was and should have been. Yeah, I didn't have the association, even if I knew it was the correct thing. So for me, I was like. This is not my Dawson's Creek theme song. <laughs> um, and I had the same experience you would have had yeah. listening to the <laughs> It's just so bizarre. But yeah. those it was like the opening chords of that song oh, yeah. were so iconic and so representative of like that era of TV. Yeah, Even yeah. beyond Dawson's Creek itself, it was just like if you want to have like a shorthand for Teen WB. Oh, absolutely. It was like Paula Cole, like yeah. the, the, the tinkling of those keys, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, anyway, yeah, it was interesting to watch that on streaming. And oh. particularly at the time, like theme songs were so important oh, too yeah. that it was like this Pavlovian thing of like you hear it in the background and you're like, get to that fucking television. Oh, yeah. It's on. Oh, yeah, like you the know? Buffy theme song, right? Don't get me started. You're running, <laughs> you're, running. you're trying to beat those guitars, you right? You have to. Yeah. You hear that wolf howl, and you got you have limited time. <laughs> uh, I watched on DVD. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I do. I do remember. I do remember theme songs at the time being like very important. Oh, like yeah. that's now, when you go. grab your snack and you run. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, um, at the end of every uh, episode, we'd like to sh- share our micro fandoms for the week, which we will do in just a moment. But before we do, let's talk about how you can support this show. There are many free ways that would be greatly appreciated. For instance, you can reach out or follow us or send us compliments. I we added love, that in. We love compliments <laughs> uh, on Twitter slash Instagram and Facebook at, uh, at Fandom Show Pod. Um, so you can check us out there. 
If you have any ideas for future episodes, you want to catch up on past episodes, or just want to say hi via a website that is not a social media, you can find us at thefandomshow.com. You can also please tell your friends about us, tell your family, tell your dog walker, tell your dentist. We are not picky, um, <laughs> but uh, please let them know about this podcast. And if you can, get on your podcast provider of choice, though principally, ideal, uh, principally and ideally Apple Podcasts, and do a little rate, review, and subscribe. Even a one-sentence or even one-word review can help us out. So if you're listening to this uh, and you want to add a, a little one-word thing, just put creek. I don't know. Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> what ice cream? Oh, please leave us a comment that just says ice cream. I want That's that. very ominous. I want that with all of my heart. We've had some weird ones. Leather nipples has Ooh. become one of one of ours from our uh, from our uh, Robin episode. Oh, yeah. Uh. So we've had some good, good, strange compliments uh, for, or comments, rather, and thank you for that, thank friends. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it really helps us out. It helps us move the charts, and it helps other people find this podcast so we can get more fan fans. Yeah, let us spread the fandom love. Um, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thefandomshow. Um, this show will always be free for your ears. Heck yeah. Um, but, but if you do want to throw some of your hard-earned dollars our way so that we can keep fanning out as hard as possible for money, your... Please. Yeah, money, please. <laughs> exactly. Um, in the immortal words of that character from Parks and Rec. Oh, I love uh, that. Um, Raphael's sister. Uh, Mona Lisa. Mona That's Lisa. it. Love her. Um, yes, in in those immortal words, money please. Um, we, uh, if you can, if it is possible for you, we know everything's expensive. But if you even want to throw a couple dollars our way, you can do that, and you can have access to um, our Patreon trivia. Um, you can check out our newsletter. Uh, there's all sorts of fun things you can check out. Get episodes early. That's and right. Also come talk to us about what you want our Patreon to be, because we're we're willing. Yeah. Buds. We'll do a lot for money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, they're sex-packed. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> Leave that as a comment. Oh, God. Um, and, uh, yes, thank you so much for your support, whether you're listening or whether you're contributing. Uh, we love having you here because we just want to share the fandom love of all the things there are to love in this world. So thank you so much uh, to everybody who has uh, supported the show. Yeah, and our theme song is by Yusu Kim, and our logo and imagery is by John Blair. All right, there we go. We're ready for the micro fandoms of the week. That's We're going right. to start with you, Kaya. What are you fanning about? Okay. Um, I am currently with you, Steph, watching the uh, the reboot of A League of Their Own. Yeah. Um, and it's been very fun to watch. Um, I have thoughts about... Uh, parts of the reboot. That's for a different time. Um, I think that there are really great choices they made. I think there are choices that I would have done differently, but nonetheless, the wonderful thing about it is that it's really showcasing a lot of great queer performers. It's showcasing a lot of great POC performers, and that is something that I think the story desperately needed. Um, what I'm really fanning out about, though, is Darcy Carden. Holy <laughs> hell. I love this performer. Amazing. I love her on The Good Place. She is an incredible... Uh, uh, incredible Janet, not a girl. Um, and uh, she is so good on this show. She's acting circles around everybody else, and she's hot. She is, is <laughs> like so has, different from Janet too. So right? different, so yeah. Different. Apparently, what happened when um, when she finished the Good Place is Tony. Uh, wait, no, not Tony. Sorry, what am I talking Ted about? Danson. Ted Danson. Yeah. Sorry, I was like Tony Danza. No, um, I do that a lot. <laughs> oh, could um, he be on the TV. show though? <laughs> I love it. True. <laughs> um, yeah, sat her down and was like, do something as different as possible to Janet, and now she's pulling out this incredible performance is this like all the way may style character and i can't get enough of it darcy carden you are an incredible talent oh yeah and yeah. like i mean it's kind of funny because it's like also janet while janet was a character and a very specific character 
there was the episode Janet's where she was all the characters. Oh, so good. And Such so, a good episode. So I kind of feel that I'm like, it's awesome that League of Their Own is, is an, a new opportunity for a new character. Yeah. But we know that Darcy Carden has incredible range. 100%. Like 100%, yeah. right? So to, to see it and to have it validated through that performance as Greta, right? It's Greta. Yes. Yeah, it's just uh, amazing. Yeah, amazing. It's, it's a joy to watch. And I just hope she gets all the work forever because oh, yeah. just like every time she's on screen, I'm like, oh, she's back. She's oh, amazing. Yeah. She's like, she can play the tension. She can play the comedy. She can do all of it, which is like so impressive to watch. I'm going to go watch a good place for a third time. <laughs> 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 all right. Steph, what are you fanning out about? Okay, so we are recording this. It is the end of August. It is the week of Nerd Christmas. It is Fan Expo Canada this week, and I'm just bursting. I'm bursting. I cannot wait. Oh, my goodness. So the Four Hobbits, I think I've mentioned this before, the Four Hobbits are have been reuniting all summer. They're going to be in Toronto this weekend, and uh, we're doing a, a live fandom show podcast uh, at Fan Expo, which is great, but also at least that same day, I'm going to get to meet Billy Boyd, who plays Pippin in Lord of the Rings, and uh, two lovely friends surprised me this morning with a ticket to get a photo with him, <gasps> and I just lost my mind. I'm so excited. Michelle, Margot, thank you so much. It's the nicest. Holy, holy shit. Um, and then we get to go watch them do uh, the four of them on a panel together uh, with uh, our future guest, uh, Sam Meggs. So it's going to be pretty, oh my God, I could cry so much this weekend. Anyways, I'm really excited. I'm fanning out so hard. Billy Boyd, if you're listening, you're just, you're lovely. You're just a lovely You can man. say that to him I, later, You Steph. know I can't. You know I can't. I'm going to just barf on myself and cry. It's going to be embarrassing for all of us it'll be okay it'll be lovely. you're gonna do great i'm so excited i believe in you i'm so excited so if you're listening to this it probably is coming out after this has happened so just shoot me a message on twitter and find out if i barfed on a hobbit yeah or just like if you hear like a really high-pitched sound sometime this uh, that day what day is it the 20 27th 27th if you heard that sound sometime on the 27th you knew what it was yeah it was just the sound of steph exploding yeah exactly uh jp what are you fanning out about Oh my goodness, this is kind of embarrassing. No such thing. Top Gun. Oh, okay. People seem really excited <laughs> oh about Top yes. Gun. Tell uh, us, tell us. I so I was like, Top Gun is is not is not necessarily my movie. The OG is not necessarily my movie. Um, and I saw it a, a many, many years ago. And so the sequel came out. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. I'm Justice not. Katie. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Also, not like a huge like military propaganda fan. <laughs> and That's fair. You know. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, "There's nothing in this for me." But then I started watching as this movie has been like making incredible box office waves this summer. Like it's it it how it's traveled in the box office. It's had legs that are like basically like Avatar, like Titanic. Like it is just staying in the top five for like week after week after week. Like a true blockbuster. Yeah. And yeah. like, and, and you know, they were saying that the reasons for it is word of mouth. It's been like such a strongly well-received film. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like, maybe I'm going to go see it. And I saw it and I loved it. <gasps> yeah. It was really good. Really? It was really, and it, listen, it was propaganda. There sure. is no doubt. Yeah. I do not like Tom Cruise still. There is no doubt. But it is so well-constructed. It is just, in terms of the way it engages with nostalgia, in terms of the way that it creates a story that resonates and is emotional, the way that it, like, 
builds and evolves the character from who they were in the original to now. It is just, and then the all of those like famous Tom Cruise like death-defying stunts, which are actually really cool. All yeah. of the airplane footage. Um, it was it was a good time. So I, what ended up happening is now I've just been like spending a week in a Wikipedia hole, like reading about <laughs> Top Gun and reading about the original production and reading about the new one oh and reading God. about like all of the like the, how they shot it and all of the stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's been my most recent um, uh, nerdery for sure. That is so that's fun. It. That's yeah. so good. It's, it's it's wonderful when that happens when you're like, wow, what a like iconic pop culture moment. Yeah, and just like it's, and I'm like, when when a movie like that can resonate with someone like me, yeah. where I'm like, there's nothing here on paper that would should resonate with me, and it did, and I was like, I m- moved, I cried in wow. the theater, like it was, yeah, it was it was a little odd. Some writer took their job very seriously, yes. and good for them. Uh, yeah, 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 and like no doubt, Tom Cruise was like standing over them, being like, no, <laughs> Tom, this must look like this. Tom and, Cruise can't stand over anyone. Whoa! Because okay. he's, he's short king. Short I king. did not say that, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Steph. No one come and get me. <laughs> you can at me. Nothing wrong with being shorter of stature. You're wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kai, are we going to go see Top Gun later? I mean, I, like, well, I, I think you had a little intake of breath, and I felt you decide we were going to watch that. <laughs> I'm also super curious to hear your takes, though. Because I would I, totally watch I it. I would love, I would love, love, love for someone to say like mm, no oh. because to me it's like I went in kind not kind of wanting to be cynical but just being like oh is this gonna do it yeah and it did and so to me I'm like I want I want I'm just curious I'm curious to hear what people I, I respect both of you yeah, absolutely tastes, so I want to hear kind of what you think I would have to watch the original again do you, you do don't you feel like you don't you don't you absolutely this don't okay. Kai, man. well because the original I did uh, watch with the first time I got food poisoning so I really oh, don't no. have good memories of that one <laughs> oh. it just goes in and out and all I remember is volleyball and yelling I mean <laughs> so. I, I will I'll say that they like echo the most iconic films or iconic scenes in the original film and then they actually have like literal direct flashbacks to the first movie at key emotional moments. So Whoa, okay. you don't need to, you really don't need to watch the first movie. All right, I'm in. Yeah. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. We're doing it. Let's We're doing go. it. Yeah. And oh. two minutes and 11, or sorry, two hours and 11 minutes. So you're good. Like Beautiful. it's not like a too too long of a theater sit. I love it. Let's make go. Make movies. 90 minutes to <laughs> oh, two hours. Cheer every That's time. That's a sweet spot. Please, cheer every time. please, please make them that <laughs> long. so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Uh, thank you so much, yeah, JP, for being here. Uh, where can people find you? Is there anything um, you want to plug? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I am on the Twitter at jplarock.com on Instagram at jplarock not .com <laughs> there, I mean there is a .com but I, it's at jplarock for both Instagram and Twitter um, plugging things well uh, sort of season 2 is coming out yeah. this fall uh, Kaya, I think November Kaya 5th. also worked on that with me yeah. so we're both and very excited best. yeah it was awesome I'm so excited um, so that that is coming out and I am very excited about that so that's kind of yeah yeah. Amazing. But thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. And I listen, there are so many other shows and movies and things that I would I would gladly dig into. Oh, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we got to make some Halloween episodes probably Ooh, sometime soon. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, talk yep. about that. Oh, yeah. I've got, and listen, I've got some opinions about that French. Oh, I bet you do. And I can't wait. <laughs> it'll be a real scream, you guys. Uh, okay. Let's get out of here and go watch Top Gun. Uh, thank you so much, JP. Uh, Till next time. Love the thing things you love and tell everyone about them. Bye. Bye.
The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as web comics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.